Good morning and welcome to Captain Cambino's Cabana. Live, Saturday, December 30th, 2023. It's the final Saturday of the year of 2023. <laughs> uh, last weekend of the year, we've made it. I hope everybody had a great holiday, Christmas holiday, and um, Merry Christmas all across the world and uh, through the U.S., and it's good to be back. Um, yep, I uh, would have done it last night. Uh, I recorded a podcast last night, but I passed out in my chair, fell asleep watching um, A Christmas Story Christmas. So <laughs> I've been trying to catch up on any new Christmas movies I haven't seen or you know just ones I've been trying to get around to. Um, again... Um, Captain Cambino, um, not a real captain, so, but I've been working my ass off this week, so, uh, just been busy, yeah, even through the holidays, we've been, still been busy, so, um, it's good to be back, but yeah, it's been a, um, it's been a busy week, and just tired, so yeah, I fell asleep in my chair last night, and I woke up at like 11.15, and it felt like it was four in the morning, it was just so weird, you know, and I was like, oh, geez, you know, so i Went back, went back to bed, <laughs> woke up eight o'clock, you know, just kind of enjoyed the, enjoyed the morning sounds and just chilling here at my, you know, fake cabana and fake beach. It's awesome. So anyway, uh, yep. Captain Cambino, not a real captain, but Hey, you never know what 2024 has in store. So, um, getting closer, but yeah, here, here we are. It's, it's good to be back. Uh, just want to thank God for the opportunity to be back and talk with you. And again, bringing more entertainment therapy to you. And uh, the captain is a big advocate for the National Rifle Association, uh, supports the Second Amendment, and I will um, fight tooth and nail for it. And I want to thank you to all of our um, our troops overseas throughout the world, and their servicemen and women. Thank you for all you do, keeping us safe. God bless you all, past, present, and future. Thank you for all the sacrifices you've made. I hope you got to see your families for the holidays. Big thank you to our law enforcement, men and women. Be safe out there. Don't give up. Better days are coming. And big thanks to our um, first responders, EMTs, firefighters, Coast Guard. God bless you all. Stay safe out there. Again, better days are coming. So you have to believe and hope. I wanted to um, finish off um, some, some things. I've, some things I forgot to mention in the last podcast, which I'm a little upset, but. You know, you, you kind of like, oh, man, you can't get everything in there on one podcast, but, you know, it is what it is. Oh, by the way, everybody has a podcast, you know, so <laughs> but whatever. So here we are um, back, back on the grid, back on the radio, whatever you want to call it, back on the mic. So um, anyway, some Christmas uh, mem- uh, Christmas movies I wanted to mention I failed to failed to mention is there's a lot of um, Movies that they say take place during Christmas or there's Christmas going on or whatever throughout the movie. The Rocky movies. I totally forgot. I think I may have mentioned this, but Rocky Four and Rocky Five, I know, take place during Christmas. But also, uh, Rocky, the first Rocky movie. And, you know, which won Best Picture in 1976. And, you know, I'm reading up about that, the history of that movie, the, you know, the background of the movie. Sylvester Stallone wrote it all himself. Uh, I think he's a genius, and he, you know, he got turned down by every studio in in Hollywood, Warner Brothers, Universal, Paramount, you name it, Fox, and MGM took it. So I mean, they they saw, I guess they saw a gold mine, and it was, and but yeah, Rocky, 
I actually bought the reason I'm talking about I bought the Rocky movies in 4K. So they were on. They were actually had a special for Christmas and the holidays, you know. And I got every Rocky movie for 20 bucks, all all six of them. And um, like I really needed it, right? So, <laughs> but um, it was just you know it's it's Rocky, man. So, but yeah, it took place um, right after Christmas, you know, right into New Year's. Um, the bicentennial spe- spectrum, whatever, with Apollo Creed. Um, so yeah, that's a Christmas slash New Year's movie. So I never thought about that. Never, never really gave much thought to it. But you know, just uh, it was supposed to be a show for Apollo Creed, but turns out Rocky went the distance. So anyway, just a classic film. Uh, Nineteen seventy six takes place during Thanksgiving, Christmas. You know. But anyway, that's one I want to throw out there. Another couple of them that are random, but um, really, really classic um, love story called Hanover Street. Came out in 1979. Uh, it's Harrison Ford right after uh, Star Wars. So he was, you know, obviously, you know, the man. And um, Leslie Ann Down, she was hot too back then. This is, it was filmed in London, a war-type movie, but it takes place during Christmas and... Uh, really good, really good film if you haven't seen it. So uh, not sure if it's available. I think it is available on Apple TV. But if you haven't had a chance to, you know, it's another, you know, it takes place during the holidays. But it's a really good love story too. So uh, Hanover Street. Um, if um, if you got a soft spot, it'll definitely make you cry. So <laughs> I'm not ashamed. I, I cry. I cry, man, on movies like that. You know, movies that'll 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 get you like somewhere in time. Man, I don't know what it is. Yep. I may sound like a pussy, but I do. I cry. I cry. So <laughs> I cry in that movie. So I don't care. But anyway, <laughs> it's a human emotion. We can't, you know, it is what it is. So whatever. Uh, another one, a classic 80s, uh, is actually hard to find. I don't even think it's on streaming. It's only like on, you know, HBO Max or whatever or DVD. It's called Less Than Zero. And it's with uh, Andrew McCarthy, Robert Downey Jr., um, Jamie Gertz. Uh, the, the peak of the '80s. James Spader's in it. It's just a great cast, and it's um, it's almost like you, you you know all these years when Robert Downey Jr. was having troubles with drugs and stuff, and in his career, Hollywood career, and then he comes back as Iron Man. You know, gets gets kind of recast and re- hits the reset button um, with his career. And it's basically you look at that movie. Less than zero is almost like a mirror image of his life just in the, you know, not, not his entire life. I mean, just, just that movie. And, you know, I know that he doesn't like talking about it. I've seen interviews with him before where he's walked out and he doesn't like talking about his past. I mean, I, Hey, I'm, I'm with him. I mean, you know, I don't, I wouldn't want to talk. There's bad, if there's dark times in my past. I don't want to talk about Then I'm, I'm the same way. I, I don't want to talk about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm with him on that. But the thing is you look back at his early career I'm sure that guy threw down, man, as far as parties. I mean, he probably did it all. But this movie is basically a pinnacle of his – it was almost like his, his life story in this film. Um, and it's really – and it takes place during Christmas. You know, not really – that's like the main focus there. But it does take place during Christmas. And it's in California where the peak of the 80s in California, um, you know, it just seemed like a – California was a place to go, I guess, in the 80s. So I would – I wish I could have – I would love to see it now, but not with the way things are now in this country. So, but um, 
Less Than Zero is a really good film. You know, Robert Downey Jr. is kind of down on his luck and things didn't go his way after, after gradu- high school graduation. His best friend, Andrew McCarthy, is in school across the country out east. So he tries to save him. And, you know, it's, it's, really, it's a really good film. And you just you kind of feel for him. But anyway, I'm just throwing that out there as far as, um, you know, like a, I guess a Christmas movie and takes place during Christmas and uh, where they're trying to – and Thanksgiving, by the way, my bad – um, where you're trying to just get out of a, get out of a rut, you know, and in a, in a bad way, in a bad rut, you know, and try to, you know, get your, get your shit, get your shit together, you know, get your life back in order. So anyway, check it out. Less than zero came out in 1987. So, um, and I did watch a Christmas story Christmas, but I did fall asleep through it. So I got to go back and catch up on it. So, but it was cool to see, um, you know, Ralphie, the character, the actor, Peter Billingsley to play Ralphie, to come back. And it takes place in 1973, and uh, so it's pretty cool to see. Uh, Vince Vaughn was actually um, helped produce it. Uh, he was involved with it, so I heard they're like good friends because um, they were both in. Uh, Peter Billingsley was in the breakup in 2006 with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston, and so I hear that they're friends somewhere. I don't can't confirm that, but that's what I've read through you know online or whatever. But um, anyway, someone had to finish it. But Julie Haggerty is the mom. Uh, Melinda Dillon was the mother in the first film, in the Christmas Story, 1983, which is the 40th anniversary, by the way, of a Christmas Story. Melinda Dillon was the mother, and she was asked to reprise her role, but she turned it down. And then she actually died a few months later during after filming completed, so it may not have worked out. But um, either way, Julie Haggerty takes the place, and she does a really good job. So I, I was I was impressed, but. Uh, she was also, you know, famous for uh, the role of Elaine in the airplane movies. Um, <laughs> would, would somebody please tell me what Elaine is doing up there in charge of that ship? Well, maybe she's got her ship together. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I'm going to have to go back and finish up A Christmas Story Christmas. But um, anyway, so um, I, another thing I wanted to mention last week, I failed to do it, was uh, December 21st, 1997. Uh, that's the anniversary of my first ever NFL game. Uh, my dad and I went up there with uh, a buddy of mine from high school and one of my dad's friends and his kid. And, uh, we went to the Liberty bowl in Memphis of all places, you know, a shithole for an NFL game, but you know, it is what it is, but it was the, uh, Tennessee Oilers versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it was, uh, December 21st, 1997. It was a Sunday and it was, um, there was, I think there was two weeks left in this, or maybe that was, no, there was two weeks left in the season, or that was the final regular season game. Yep, it was. That was the final weekend of the regular season in the NFL that we, that year, because that year was different. The NFL started its season on August 31st, 1997, which is really strange, you know, having it start on an August, you know, which technically it was Labor Day weekend, because Labor Day fell on um, that Monday, September 1st. Uh, which was weird, you know, just the way it was. But usually the NFL now, uh, ever since uh, the year 2000, 2001, they've pushed the NFL season past Labor Day. So before that, it would start Labor Day weekend. Uh, it's been like that for many years. And But this, this was uh, the final weekend of the regular season in 1997. Of course, being a Dolphins fan, they didn't play until Monday night. And so my dad, you know, we got the tickets to the game. They were cheap, but uh, we sat like up in the end zone, high up in the end zone, um, at the Liberty Bowl, and 
you know, it, it was it was cool. It was an NFL game, you know, but it was in Memphis of all places, and you know, not your cup of tea. But um, I, I mean, I, I think that goes for a lot of people. But you know, it is what it is. But there was tons of Steelers fans there. It was really cool to see. I mean, it's your first NFL game, but um, again, the Oilers. You know, Steve McNair was the quarterback. And he was, man, he was rough and rugged back in the day, man. That guy was impossible to bring down as far as watching games, you know, highlights, whatever. Uh, but he was just fun to watch. That was his third year, fourth year in the league, I believe. Fourth year, I believe. And uh, the Oilers were transitioning to Nashville. So what happened was, I found this out, a, you know, a few years ago recently, you know, just, you know, you pick up little tidbits of information along the way. Um, again, this is entertainment therapy, right, at the Cabana. So, <laughs> But um, the Oilers in 1993, Houston Oilers, had a phenomenal season. They started out – well, actually, they started out 1-4 and four and won 11 in a row to finish 12-4. and four. They had a first-round bye. Warren Moon, the Oilers, they, the, the, you know, the run-and-shoot offense, they were just – Buddy Ryan was the defensive coordinator. They had, a, they had a great team. You figured, like, they couldn't be stopped. And it was hope for Houston because, you know, there was rumors that Bud Adams, the owner, wanted to move the team. So th- it was like, hold up now. We got a good thing going. We're staying in Houston. Well, that game, they, they went 12-4 and four to finish the regular season. But they were still lingering from that season before. And I'm going to backtrack a little bit here. And there is a point to this. But <laughs> the, um, the, the season before, 1992, um, the final regular season game, the Bill Buffalo Bills played at the Oilers in the Astrodome, and the Bills lost. So the Bills lost uh, control. They could have won. They could have had a first round bye and home field advantage. And of course, they've been in the Super Bowl the previous two years. Well, they could have had home field advantage, but Houston beat them. So that guaranteed Houston a, got in the playoffs. I think they were fighting for a wild card spot. So Houston got in the playoffs, but the next week they had to play at Buffalo. So it was a rematch. Well, Jim Kelly was injured, so Frank Reich was the quarterback for the Bills. So that wild card game was at Buffalo. Houston went up 35-3 to in the third quarter. Third or fourth quarter, something like that. 35-3. to And Buffalo, they just looked terrible. And I was all for it because I was a Dolphins. I was like Dan Marino, and I, just, I was like, I don't care. I just don't want Buffalo in there. Well, yeah. 35-3 to three in the fourth quarter, whatever. Houston just kind of played – I guess they played that prevent. They didn't care. Buffalo comes back and wins the game 41-38 in overtime. And it was just the demise of the Oilers that lingered on into the next season. The Dolphins had a first-round bye that, that year in home field because of uh, the upset by Buffalo at Pittsburgh the next week. And so Miami had home field. For the AFC Championship, Buffalo won. The rest is history. It was just a terrible, terrible game. Um, anyway, just all the way around. This is the last closest Miami has gotten back to a Super Bowl. But anyway, the next year, the Oilers go 1-4 and four to start the year. Warren Moon got hurt early in the season, but he came back. And they won 11 in a row to go 12-4. and four. And I was like, man, the Oilers look good. You know, they may go to the Super Bowl. Well, sure enough, that second, that second game of the year, that second uh, playoff game, was Joe Montana and the Chiefs. They came to Houston, and they, they beat Buddy Ryan and the, Oil, and the Oilers 28-20. to 20. I remember watching, I was in eighth grade, because I loved those old Eric helmets, the powder blue. It was really, it was so cool, man. You haven't seen that since. I miss those helmets. 
um, the logo, everything about it. But um, that's that was right there. That loss guaranteed, basically, Bud Adams, like, I'm moving to Houston. I'll finish up the lease or whatever their lease was through. 1996 was the final season in Houston. So, 97, they made a decision. They're going to have their offices in Nashville, but they're going to play one season in Memphis and give it a shot to see how, how, how it turns out. So, 1997, they played in Memphis. And I remember a buddy of mine from high school – he went to the first home game. It was the Oilers. It was the the Oakland Raiders at the Oilers in Memphis. You know, August thirty first, ninety seven. They said there was a terrible crowd. I remember reading a Sports Illustrated the week after or something. There was nobody there. It was a terrible, just a terrible, you know, um, turnout. No fans. Memphis fans. They don't know anything about the NFL. You know, it just it was just awful. And they, you know, they're gonna you know they're gonna support the Memphis Tigers whatever for four they do a NFL team but anyway it was nobody there I just remember seeing pictures and highlights nobody in the stadium was terrible but that final game of the season in 97 the the Steelers at the Oilers turned it was a great turnout the fans were there there was a lot of Steelers fans there's a lot of Steelers fans in Memphis they I think there's actually a Steelers like a club here in Memphis for Steelers fans but um, anyway the turnout was phenomenal the Oilers won the game 16 to 6 but the Steelers didn't play um, Cordell Stewart, Jerome Bettis didn't play. So they, you know, they sat a lot of players. That's And that year, the Steelers went to the AFC Championship, but lost to John Elway and the Broncos. But anyway, it was cool to see the vibe of an NFL game, the athletes. Those guys are huge. That was my first NFL game. Like I said, Steve McNair, Cordell Stewart. Um, it, those guys were just freaking huge, man. But uh, it was a fun game to watch. It was cold. Um, and it was all defense, you know, Eddie George was on that team. So yeah, the Oilers beat them 16 to six. That was my first NFL game, December 21st, 1997. But then a year later, things changed and it was the same date. Actually, let me, let me, uh, let me backtrack a little bit. Um, that the next day, the Dolphins played the Patriots winner gets the AFC East. The Dolphins blew it. They lost 14 to 12, just a, just a shitty offense. You know, when they had Marino was just, you know, he was on his way out, obviously, but they're running the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I get it. That's Jimmy Johnson's style. But they just – there was no – still no balance. It always ended up in Marino's hands, and he just – it just wasn't enough. And the Patriots were always a thorn in the side in the late 90s, you know, mid to late 90s, until the Jets got, you know, got a little bit better. But, you know, they just – they couldn't – they couldn't finish. So the Dolphins lost the division, could have had a home playoff game. Um, but that was a Monday night, and – um 14 to 12. It was terrible. And I remember I was out with Jonathan Oliver. We went out drinking that night and I really didn't care about the game. And I didn't get home till like two in the morning. My brother got upset. My, my, my older brother got upset. And it was funny because he was visiting for Christmas. And, <laughs> but, um, it was, it was funny, but, uh, they lost 14 to 12 and I was like, ah, shit. Well, we got a playoff game, but they, they look like crap. The playoff game lost 17, three. It was just terrible, terrible season. But anyway, a year later, 1998, uh, my dad and I decided, I asked my dad if we could take a trip to, to Florida to watch a Dolphins game. So it was my first ever Miami Dolphins game. It was December 21st, 1998, a year later, Monday Night Football. I was like, man, this is going to be awesome, the Dolphins. So I looked at the schedule. I was like, wait, but this is Monday Night game. How about this? The Broncos. Well, that was uh, John Elway just came off his first ever Super Bowl win. was 1997. And they beat the Packers and Brett Favre. Excuse me. Um. So that season, 
the week before that game, I was getting ready to go. I was like, man, it's going to be awesome. We're going to go to Miami, catch the Dolphins game. It's going to be awesome. Well, um, and I'm, and I'm, I was, I was 19. So it was, it was just, I was so fired up. But anyway, um, the week before the Broncos played at the New York Giants and they were 12 and 0, 13 and 0. Yeah, 13 and 0. And, maybe 14, 13 and 0 they had a chance to go 14 and 0 so what i was hoping to happen was if they beat the giants then go to miami and be undefeated and then the dolphins knock them off on live live tv monday night football same thing happened in 1985 when the bears were what 13 14 and 0 going into miami the dolphins upset them monday night football that, that one blemish on their record that's what i was hoping for the the broncos have the one blemish it'd be the dolphins it didn't happen. The, the Giants beat the Broncos in New York the week before. So Denver had lost two in a row um, before the playoffs, but they ended up winning the Super Bowl in 98 again. So, But anyway, that game, December 21st, 1998, it was my first ever Dolphins game. My dad and I went down there. We had end zone seats. It was, it was awesome. Uh, it was a great game. Miami won 31-21, uh, got them into the playoffs. And it was just a the first, it was actually the first game since September of 1985 that the Elway and Marino had met. I mean, it's amazing after all those years they couldn't end up playing against each other. It's just weird how the schedule works out, you know. Um, but that was yeah, 13 years. So it was their um, John Elway's final season. I got to see him play. So it was uh, I was very very excited about it, and um, it was just cool a cool moment, you know. And uh, my first ever Dolphins game and. After the game, we got um, my dad and I just kind of hung out in the area close to where the players park, and I met uh, Tim Ruddy, uh, former center for the Dolphins, played college ball at Notre Dame. Nice guy. Todd Wade actually played football with him, so he can, he can vouch for him. Really great guy. He got he got an autograph of Tim Ruddy. Really cool. He had his wife and kids there, and nice guy. Really nice guy. And uh, number sixty one. And uh, then I met Olindo Mar Mare. Um, I don't I don't remember where he played college ball. He was the kicker, number ten. And uh, Chris Berman would always comment in Olindo Mare when he kick a field goal. Olindo Mare, whoa! <laughs> he was driving like this geo tracker or something, and he had his music bumping. It was it was funny. Uh, he was a cool guy too. He was he was friendly. But that was the only two we got autographs from. We're trying to get uh, Marino was actually right there by his car. And we were trying to get his attention, and he obviously wasn't paying attention. But it was it was funny, and um, so we, we were. Uh, I tried to get his, you know, try to get his autograph, whatever. But um, anyway, that was it. It was fun. We we stayed. The parking lot cleared out, so we actually got out of there. There was no traffic, and my dad was cool with it. So thank you, Dad, for doing that. That was fun. It was a lot of fun. So it was it was you know a good experience. And um, but we didn't really know. I didn't know a lot about South Florida back then. I didn't care. I just wanted to go to the game. So. Um, when you're 19, you just don't think about that stuff. But so a year later, we go back. So it's 1999. It was the final season, Dan Marino's final season. Well, they had um, started out kind of, you know, really good that season. They started out um, eight and two, but they lost a few more. And they, you know, Marino got hurt, um, pinched nerve in his neck late in the season. Everybody knew it was probably on his way out, you know, and it just, we just had that feeling. So it went back again in 99, but it was a day game. Oh my gosh, it was hot. And it was, um, you know, we were just way up there, up in the high, high part of the stadium. Um, and this is when, before it had, you know, the little the surrounding 
kind of open roof they have now at Hard Rock. This is pro player stadium. Joe Robbie Stadium was wide open. That I mean, it was hot. So we, uh, I, I felt bad for my dad. We were right there in the sun. You know, it was it was kind of rough, but it was um, we made it. But it was it was fun. But it was it was a close game all the way. It was all field goals. It was terrible. No offense. Well, but Marino didn't throw a pick either. So he was he was under fire about you know un, you know the possibility of being benched. But they were trying to get in the playoffs, and it was against uh, the Char- San Diego Chargers. And Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback for the Chargers that season. And, of course, he was a journeyman himself but for a little while there. And, um, anyway, it was all field goals. Um, just, you know, but the Dolphins won. They got into the playoffs, but they backed in. It was just a, just a terrible season. But we go to the day before that. My, the day before, my dad and I stayed same kind of same area where we were the year before. But the day before the game in 99, we uh, just kind of did a little shopping. We, when we drove around, we went by the training camp in Davie. So we stopped by the training camp, and um, I, they were obviously just done with practice because I remember seeing James Brown, offensive tackle number 76, pull out in his vehicle. I was like, there went James Brown. So they must have just finished practice or something. So we pull up in there, and we go into the front office. And, you know, the front office is amazing, you know, you um, – they're, they have the two Super Bowl trophies. There's lots of memorabilia. It's like a it's, – it's really cool. And there's a gentleman at the front desk, a security – I guess he was security, but just kind of – is it okay if we just kind of look right here? He said, yeah, it's fine. You just – you can't go past here. I was like, that's cool. You know, I saw Hank Goldberg, former ESPN analyst. Um, he, he loved the Dolphins, by the way, and he was over there on the right. I was like, oh, that's Hank Goldberg. My dad didn't know who he was, whatever. But I'm looking to the right and looking at some memorabilia. My dad's looking to the, his, his left. And we're just opposite directions, obviously. And I remember my, I just looking over, and my dad says, look here. So I look over my left, there comes Dan Marino. Dan Marino's walking out of the back, coming up front. Apparently he had some type of engagement he had to take care of. Um, anyway, so he comes up right next to me. There's Dan Marino standing next to Captain Cambino. So I'm right there by him, and uh, I look up, and I was like, how you doing, Mr. Marino? And he goes, hey, guys, how's it going? And we're just kind of like, good, good, and just kind of just like in awe. He was freaking huge. And he, he stops, he looks up, and he's looking at some itinerary or schedule or something. He goes, you guys with the United Way group today? I was like, no, sir, we're just kind of passing through, visiting. Oh, okay. And I'm just – and he goes back to the back. I'm just standing there like a little kid, you know, um, I'm just like, what the heck? And I had no pen, nothing. I look up, I was like, oh my God, dad, dad, we got a pen? And there's like no piece of paper, no pen, nothing. This is back there before, this is back before smartphones, couldn't take a photo, didn't have a camera, nothing. So unprepared. Blue, I was so mad. I mean, it just totally just blew my mind. I was just like, I can't believe I wasn't even prepared for that opportunity. But how would you know? I mean, how would you, you wouldn't even know he was going to see him like that. We just didn't, we just walked in, there he was. But yep. I met Dan Marino. He didn't know who I was, but we just said hello, and he said hello to my dad. So it was pretty cool. We do have that moment. I'll never forget it. I was 20 years old, <laughs> and it was just um, – it was so cool. But he was – you could just tell the scars of time on his face, you know, battered and bruised, all to get try to get a Super Bowl. And it was just, you know, it was awesome. I mean, they were just – you know, he was probably ready on, on his way out, and it's just it – you kind of feel for him, you know, because he busted his ass, you know. But it was really cool to meet him in person, even though we didn't, like, exchange names or anything, but, you know, whatever. Like, he didn't care who I was. You know, who the hell are you? you know? <laughs> I'm Captain Cambino, damn it. <laughs> but um, – and uh, it was – but it was cool. And, uh, you know, the guy in the security desk was like, I'm sorry. You know, I said, like, ah, that's okay. 
And he was like, you gotta be prepared. I was like, yes, sir, you do. Ever since that moment, I've like never been, try to be prepared for everything. You know, it's funny how a, a situation like that, you know, gets you, gets your shit together. It's like, you know what? I'm not letting let this happen again. So I actually have a great story. If I ever meet Dan Marino, I've got a great icebreaker. So I'm going to mention, obviously I'm going to mention that. If I ever do meet him, I'm going to mention the whole story of uh, the time I did meet him. And then I was going to actually impersonate him while he's in shotgun. So, I mean, I've, I've got a, I, I actually have it down to a T. I'm not kidding. Like I just, I've, his, his cadence, the, 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 um, when he's calling out the Mike linebacker, everything. I, I actually, I got it down. And, you know, just, uh, red 190, 159, the mic, 59, 190, said hot. You know, just the way he does it. <coughs> Excuse me. It's just, it's just awesome. Like, it's just, he, and he'll, um, <laughs> he'd lick his fingers. He'd always lick his fingers, kind of get a grip on the ball, you know. <laughs> Excuse me. But anyway, so yeah, I've got an icebreaker if I ever meet him, and I'll tell him that, you know, he did make Jim Carrey a star. So, <laughs> But I actually almost did meet him again in person 2015 at the Tennessee Titans-Dolphins game. I was there, had, had uh, sideline passes pregame, and I tried to get his attention or see if he would walk over, and he didn't, but I, I was ready. I admit it just didn't happen, so I'm telling you, I'm getting close. Maybe, maybe, maybe someday soon I'll get to – doing that in person so we'll see but uh but to go back how I got sideline passes was 2015 I went to Nashville uh in October they played the Dolphins play the Titans and I just went for the weekend it was the best weekend of my life in a long time in a long time and I went to Rippy's the little bar uh what country bar right there on Broadway and the upstairs there were some Dolphins coaches I was like I know that guy and I was like it's Zach Taylor Zach Taylor is now the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. So I met Zach. He's like, Zach Taylor. I was like, hey, do I know you? I was like, no, I just, I'm just a fan. Cameron Wilson, how are you? And uh, so you play ball in Nebraska. He goes, yeah, I did. So we got to talking and, uh, you know, he was a nice, really nice guy. And he was quarterback's coach for the Dolphins at the time. Well, I asked him, I said, you know what? Can you see, you think you can score some sideline passes, maybe two of them? And he says, let me get, let me get back to you. So, he texted me that later that Saturday night and said, hey, man, I got you covered. Come here and pick him up here, whatever, yada, yada. And I was like, this is awesome. No way I could thank him. You know, you know, I tried to, you know, I was like, well, I'd love to send like a thank you card or a letter or something. But, you know, he's like, he, he just he was so busy, probably didn't have time for that. He didn't care. But uh, I did try to go in December 2015. I went back for another Monday night game. And I asked him again, I was like, Hey, you think you could score me for this game? He goes, man, I'd love to. I can't, but because of the 50th anniversary of the team, I can't, it's just, we're so it's, it's, it's lock, 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 stock and barrel, man. It's, it's so tight down here. Security. I said, Hey man, it's cool. No problem. So it was, uh, but I tried, but yeah, I still got his number, you know, I, but I'm not going to bother him during the season. They're trying to Bengals are trying to get in the playoffs. So, but anyway, I know Zach Taylor, really nice guy. So, um, Anyway, throwing that around, but um, to go back to my first ever NFL game in 97, the Oilers became the Tennessee Oilers from Houston. Then they became the Tennessee Titans and play or Tennessee Titans in 90. They were still the Tennessee Oilers in 1998. So they did play that one season in Nashville, and that's when they decided, let's just stay in Nashville. It's a bigger market, and that's when they became the Titans. The rest is history. But so that was my first NFL game, uh, December 21st, 1997, and my first Dolphins game was – December 21st, 1998. So it was, um, 
it was fun. It, I mean, I just love those memories, and I have all the games. I have actually every Miami Dolphins football game from 1983 to this season. So, yeah, I, I guess you could say I'm a fan. <laughs> but not as much lately. You know, they, they were in the playoffs, but I'm not as involved as I used to be. I'll just, you know, I'm getting older. You kind of want to relax and just watch football, you know, enjoy it. So I'm still pulling for him. But I also want to go back to uh, uh, another – I'm a closet friend of, fan of the Cleveland Browns. I've always, I've always liked the Browns. I love their uniforms because they're just so standard. They're so plain and just – and it's just the Browns. But the thing is, it's Cleveland. You know, a lot of people say Cleveland is the mistake by the lake. If you ask me, Cleveland's a city of hope. You think about this. Cleveland is also a city of hope and imagination and, I mean – any, anything can happen. Cleveland is the, the city that gave birth to Superman. Superman was created in the city of Cleveland by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. They thought him up while they're working on comic strips in the city of Cleveland, Ohio. So don't tell me Cleveland is a mistake by the lake. Cleveland gave birth to Superman. So that's, uh, that's all I'm going to say. Now, the Browns are not the same. <laughs> the Browns are not superior like they, you know, but they've, the Browns have had his, had success throughout their, his, their franchise history. But recently, they've just, uh, two nights ago, they beat the New York Jets and they got in the playoffs. Uh, the Miami Dolphins last weekend, which is a great game, they beat the Dallas Cowboys 22-20 and they got in the playoffs. This is the first year since 1994 that the Cleveland Browns and the Miami Dolphins are both in the playoffs. So congratulations. I'm going to do a Pat McAfee. Congratulations to the Browns and Dolphins. So <laughs> this is, I mean, it's going to be fun. I mean, like, um, they may end up in a wild card game. They may end up in a divisional game. I've always wanted to see the Browns and Dolphins. The last time they played in a playoff game was uh, 1984. Uh, and that was the year the Dolphins went to the Super Bowl. So anything could happen. Um, I remember watching yesterday with um, Undisputed with um, – Skip Bayless, Michael Irvin, and Keyshawn Johnson, they're talking about the Browns could end up getting the number one seed. Can you imagine that? The Cleveland Browns, number one seed in the AFC. It may it, – I don't know. Baltimore is just too good right now. But, I um, mean, being a Dolphins fan, I'm worried about it myself. Baltimore is just too good. But we'll see. Anything can happen. You never know, man. But um, it's just cool to see. You know, that's what I love this time of year, end of the year, playoffs, uh, critical games, you know, that you got to win to and you know position yourself for that top seed so looking forward to it 1994 I was in the ninth grade and the Browns Bill Belichick was there uh Nick Saban was assistant coach I mean they they had a coaching staff and they had Vinny Testaverde that was when Kozar was Kozar was gone Bernie Kozar he ended up actually ended up in Miami in 94 so he was the backup to Dan Marino uh, and they were good friends, and uh, so it was. It was cool to see. You know, it's cool to see after all these years. Finally, the Browns and Dolphins are in the playoffs at the same time. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. And I got some friends back in Oxford, uh, Jeff and Kim Daves. They're they're big Browns fans. Tom Moon, big Browns fans. And the library, actually, the sports bar in Oxford is a Browns backers bar. So, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. So maybe, hey, they may end up in the playoffs. Who knows? Maybe an AFC championship game. You never know. Joe Flacco. You know, Joe Flacco coming back is really cool. It's, it's cool to see him come make a comeback at 38. And uh, they, after all the injuries and all the money spent on Deshaun Watson and he gets hurt and all the injuries after that, Nick Chubb. And they, uh, they, they end up with Joe Flacco. 
hey, Joe Flacco is 10-5 and five as a starter in the playoffs, and he's got a Super Bowl. So the guy's been there. He knows what he's doing. So go Browns. I hope, y'all, you, hope you make it far. If the Dolphins don't make it, then I'm going for the Browns. So either way. But uh, I just want to throw that out there. Um, but, yeah, uh, while we're talking about football, there's lots of NFL action uh, this weekend. So as we know, this past Thursday, the Browns beat the Jets 37-20 to get into the playoffs. There is a special tonight, uh, ABC Monday Night Football special on a Saturday night. It's the uh, Detroit Lions at the Dallas Cowboys, and that has playoff implications. Well, positioning, really. Both teams have made the playoffs. But Detroit is going for their first 12-win season since 1991. I was in sixth grade. And Barry Sanders, that was the last time the Lions had a sniff of the Super Bowl. And that was uh, – they went to the AFC Championship that year lost to Washington. But uh, that should be a good one tonight. The Cowboys have lost two in a row, so this is critical for the Cowboys as well. Uh, New Year's Eve tomorrow, December 31st. Uh, here's the rundown of the rest of the NFL. We've got the 11-4 and Miami Dolphins at the 12-3 and Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. That should be a good one. And uh, if Miami wins, they win the AFC East. If uh, Baltimore wins, they'll more than likely get that top seed. Uh, but anything can happen. So uh, Also, there's the... 4-11 and 11 New England Patriots at the 9-6 and six Buffalo Bills. Atlanta Falcons, 7-8 and eight at the Chicago Bears, 6-9. and nine. Um, Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans, uh, don't care. The Las Vegas Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts. Carolina Panthers at Jacksonville Jaguars, don't care. The Los Angeles Rams at the New York Giants. Arizona Cardinals at Philadelphia Eagles. New Orleans Saints at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. San Francisco 49ers at Washington Commanders. In the late games, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers at Seattle Seahawks. That'll be a good one. The uh, L.A. Chargers at Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson has been benched, so we'll see what happens there. And another, this should be a good one. The 8-7 uh, and seven Cincinnati Bengals at the 9-6 and six Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs have lost two in a row. Um, so this is, this is pivotal. This is critical for the Chiefs. But honestly, uh, I like Patrick Mahomes. I don't like how he's being a little bitch on the sidelines, though, and you know, crying and whatever. Same thing with Ch- Travis Kelsey throwing his helmet. You are sending a bad signal to the kids, my friends. And you're not really my friends. I'm just saying that. But what I'm saying is, you know, bitching and complaining, throwing your helmet, being a little child and pouting, it's getting you nowhere. Grow up, be a man, and just take care of business. Travis Kelsey on his podcast, I saw some of it, a glimpse of the other day. He can't complete a he can't complete a sentence. Every sentence he says a cuss word in it. It's like talk like a normal human being, man. You've got a college education. Be professional. So uh, I just I just don't like that. They get all this money and all this. You know they they can they just they they don't think it through. You know you're you're sending a bad message. So talk like a normal per- person and a human being and be a man. You know and. Uh, and you can take your COVID commercial and you know what you can do with it. Um, and the whole Taylor Swift thing, I'm done with it. You know, nobody cares anymore, man. So, anyway, but Patrick Mahomes, I feel like he's going to bounce back. I like Mahomes. I like, <laughs> I actually like his State Farm commercials. They're pretty good. But the Chiefs, you guys need to grow up, man. Quit being little bitches. So, that's all the captain's going to say on that one. And then, uh, to top it off, we've got the Packers and the Vikings tomorrow night on NBC. But uh, while we're still on the football subject, I want to talk about uh, we've got college bowl games still going on. And I know this has been the cabana. It's been a little more of a sports edition, if you think about it. <laughs> but uh, we'll get to some other stuff here shortly. Uh, today is December 30th, so there's the several bowl games today. Right now, just kicked off, is the Peach Bowl. 
Number 11, Ole Miss, the captain's alma mater, uh, taking on number 10, Penn State. It's the first quarter, 14 and a half to go. Penn State has the ball. I hope the Nittany Lions get destroyed. So that's just my opinion. Go Rebels, hotty toddy. Uh, today at 3 o'clock is the uh, Orange Bowl. Number 6, Georgia versus number 5, Florida State, the two teams that did not get into the playoff game. Um, I'll pull for Florida State somewhat, but I hope Georgia just waxes them, which I, f- I feel they will. But I know Florida State got a bum rap, you know, if that's how that, that, that's debatable from here on from here on out, but Georgia's probably going to wax that ass. So, um, um, and New Year's Day, January 1st, uh, we got the ReliaQuest Bowl, uh, Wisconsin versus number 13, LSU. Uh, by the way, let me back up. Uh, the Georgia-Florida State game over-under is 45 and a half. Now, January 1st, the ReliaQuest Bowl, Wisconsin versus number 13, LSU, over-under 55 and a half. Fiesta Bowl, number 23, Liberty versus number 8, Oregon, over under 67.5. Oregon's about to introduce Liberty to college football. But I hope Liberty, hey, if Liberty pulls the upset, that'd be great. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Liberty Mutual commercials, anyway. All right, Citrus Bowl, number 17, Iowa versus number 21, Tennessee, over under 35.5. And And we'll start off the um, college football playoffs. Number four, Alabama versus number one, Michigan, over under 44 and a half. And then the late game, number three, Texas for number two, Washington, over under 63 and a half. So there's your upcoming college football for January 1st. Uh, we're getting close, getting uh, down to the nitty gritty with the uh, college football uh, playoffs. Uh, now I wanted to talk about New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve, memories, anything New Year's. Guess what? I don't have any. I, uh, I have some, but I have bad luck. So I don't like New Year's Eve. It's never been my cup of tea. It's never been my night. Never has been, ever will be. Unless I'm absolutely, you know, love struck and in love with some girl and I we're happy to be out New Year's Eve. And But no, uh, it's just, it never has happened and I'm fine with it. I have terrible luck on New Year's Eve and uh, it's just not my night. So the captain is going to stay home and, uh, you know, just... Uh, play a banjo or something in the cabana and uh, just chill. So um, watch some football and uh, just wallow in my own personal misery. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to the, the future. Uh, I'm looking forward to 2024. I'm excited about it. I got some new changes coming with the podcast and I'm looking forward to it. So going to uh, do some uh, drill down and do some work. But yeah, New Year's Eve has just never been, never been right, you know, and um I've always gone for the wrong girl, and it's just it never panned out. So I'm fine with that. So I've moved on. Um, I have uh, I've, I've sent a couple of Christmas cards lately to a couple of ladies, and uh, included a small little letter in there. And I basically asked for forgiveness and um, to move on. And now I've closed that chapter in my life. And they know you both know who you are. I'm not going to mention any names, but the, you know who you are. And I, you know. I appreciate the time we've gotten to know each other, even though it was brief. Uh, but I hope you can forgive me and, you know, we move on. And uh, But I've closed that chapter in my life. I've, I've forgotten about it. I've moved on. And if you can forgive me, that's great. If not, then, hey, I've made my peace with it. And um, that's what I like about end of year. You know, you kind of, you know, close out whatever happened in the past. You know, forget about it. Let the past die. And just forget about it. Move on. And, you know, you can't do anything about it. So all you can do is pray and hope for the best for the future. 
So I've done that and I've made my peace and you know that and I know I've talked about in the previous podcast how I've tried to uh, make amends with a lot of people, mend fences, ask for forgiveness. Well, you know that's a it's a drawn out process. Some sometimes it doesn't go as planned and you have to kind of, you know, put things on hold. Um or not really put things on hold, I guess. Like, you know, sometimes you don't hear back from people in a certain amount of time, so you just kind of hold on to the that conversation or hold on to that um the time that you wanted to get back to them or whatever. So, you know, it happens. So it's the end of the year. It's done. It's Christmas. It's a season of hope. And that's where I said, I hope you can forgive me. So I've moved on and I've closed that chapter in my life for good sealed. Um, so that's the thing. You just got to move on with life. And that's what I've done. So that's, like I said, I would keep that one short and simple. Uh, I have recently booked a, uh, trip to Key West. So the captain will be returning to, uh, the waters very soon. I booked a trip to Key West. I'm going to be driving down to Fort Myers, Florida, and I'm going to take the Key West Express. I'm going to get on the ferry and take the party ferry to Key West. Um, I got a special. There was a, um, a, they had a Christmas special, a round trip voucher for $120. That's not bad at all. So taking the ferry from Fort Myers to Key West. I've never actually stayed in Key West. I've worked there. I've passed through, but I've never spent the night, never been able to really like party there and have a good time. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, so I've got three days in Key West. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to either rent a golf cart or a scooter. I'm just going to have some fun, just see what happens. And uh, the sky's the limit. Um, and, you know, that's what so I'm looking forward to. Is I'll be, I'll be my 45th birthday coming up. I'll be That's when I'll be down in Key West. And it's going to be fun. So I'm looking forward to it. And uh, hotel's booked. All I got to do is drive to Fort Myers. So uh, anyway... Uh, I love the captain loves road trips. So, um, I, I love it. It just, uh, you know, you get to see, you know, you go at your own pace, you leave when you want to, you don't have to worry about flights being canceled or delayed, you know, anything like that. stuff, mechanical problems with the plane, just, just get, hit the road, man, and enjoy it and just listen to some music. You got nobody to tell you what to do it's like, you know, and just enjoy it, man. That's what I love about it. So looking forward to the road trip coming up and I'm working on another summer trip. We'll talk about that soon. But um, anyway, it's the future. You know, it's hope for the future. That's what I like about, uh, like I said, end of year. Uh, end of the year, you kind of reflect on good and bad times and, you know, experiences that may or not have gone your way. Uh, and you just learn from it and try to be better, be a better version of yourself. And again, the captain doesn't care for this stupid uh, live your best life bullshit. No, just live your damn life and be the best you can be. And don't, don't try to, you know, you can be a better version of yourself than you were yesterday. We all know that. But don't live your best life. How do you know what your best life was? Like, if I was reincarnated, I wish I was, you know, a millionaire. We all would probably want that. Like, uh, emperor of a dynasty or something. I don't know. But um, um, medieval dungeon master. Who knows? But what I'm saying is, I don't know where I was going with that. But what I'm saying is, how do you know it's your best life? Like, I, I always like the saying, like, what are you doing, man? I'm just living the dream. It's like, no, I'm not living the dream. <laughs> so I want to reverse it on them and be like, what? Is that bad? It's like, yeah, man, my life sucks, okay? Leave me alone. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm just saying that, um, you know, like reverse psychology. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, you know, you go through life, live your life the best way you can, but we all know you're not living the dream. So if you were, we'd be sitting in a bed with millions of dollars all over me and just, you know, covered in money like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and the Wolf of Wall Street. 
just, you know, money everywhere. I wish I had that luxury, but we don't, you know, you just have to, but you can work for it. You can imagine it, but I mean, whatever, that's the thing. You just, but you hope for it. And let me, I know I was probably jumping around there. What I'm meaning to say is, is that we all want to live the dream, you know, and whatever that is, but, um, you have to work hard for it. You have to earn it and it's not going to come overnight, but, uh, but either way, you can't take money to the grave with you. So you just live your life the best way possible and do what you love. And that's, that's me. You know, I'm a, I'm a computer tech and I love my job and hopefully one day I'll become a, a captain. So that's, that's the, that's the goal. So just got to keep, keep busting your ass and it'll happen. So make it happen, Captain. Never give up, just like Wiley Cody. I tell you what, that guy must have had the budget of a millionaire. Obviously, he may have been a millionaire. He just had nothing to do. He was having fun. He retired. So he was just having fun. He wanted to chase a roadrunner every day. I mean, think about it. Wiley Cody is the epitome of never giving up. That, that's the face. He is the symbol. <laughs> I mean, think about it. He never quit. He never gave up on chasing that damn roadrunner. So <laughs> I know I've talked about that before, but it's true. It's funny. So, um, but yeah, the future, you know, the future is here. We, uh, January 1st is upon us. It's the new year. This is the final podcast of 2023. I'm about to roll it out, close it down here shortly, roll things up. But, um, you know, this is it. This is the, we have the future. It's, it's here. And with this day and age, with the technology we have, the internet, all the tools and resources at our side, there's no way, there's no excuses to not be successful. So just do the best you can and live your life the best way you can and be a better version of yourself than you were the day before. And be yourself. That's all that matters. Be yourself. Be be friendly. Uh, don't be an ass. You know, just do the best you can. And, and life will reward you, I promise. So um, never, ever, ever give up, Michael Scott. But again, the new year, it's hitting the reset button. Hit that reset button, start over and the reset button on your life really and you know hopes and dreams and just start fresh so that's what it's all about and um just uh doing the best you can and i'm i'm excited about it because there's um there's always new things on the horizon you have new ideas you can you know you can pen down to paper if you have an idea write it down and get it out. That's why I like, I love my podcast and I'm, I'm going to take it to the next level coming, coming up the next few weeks and we're going to see what happens. So I'm excited about it. So, uh, again, the captain is available on Apple podcasts, Spotify and Amazon music. So, um, also Samsung podcast, but I don't even know how to access it. So I, I found that out, but I'm, I'm sure somebody may have it out there somewhere, but working on some different platforms here soon. And, uh, 2024 is going to be fun. I mean, all you can do is hope for the future. That's what it's all about is hope for the future and hope that, uh, things will turn around because I mean, it can't go anywhere but up, right? Like I said, better days are coming. They are better days are coming. So you have to believe that you have to believe in hope. It's a great thing. Um, but yeah, I'm going to close it down here at the cabana. It's been a pleasure. It's, um, 2024 is here and it's, it's good to, uh, to start over. There's nothing wrong with that. I've started over many times in my life. And, you know, this is a, it's a good way to start. Get your, you know, like Drake and Zeke from Rock 103 in Memphis back in the day would always say, you know, if you're feeling down about life and things just aren't going your way, you know what? 
get yourself a haircut, go take a shower, clean your ass up, and go get yourself a job. (laughs) Get your nasty ass cleaned up and go get a job, okay? So the time is now, take care of business, and um, anything can happen. The sky is the limit. TCB, taking care of business. But uh, you've been listening to Captain Cambino's Cabana. This is the final podcast of 2023. Looking forward to the future. Got lots of college football today. And I'm going to catch up on some movies. Uh, By the way, the opening song there was uh, The Final Countdown by Europe. So this is it, The Final Countdown. And it's important to make sure, you know, you take care of business in The Final Countdown and put the past in the past and the future in the future. The future is yours. Um, Anyway, this is Captain Cambino's Cabana. We're on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, working on some new platform ideas for January, and new logo coming, working on it, and I want to quote, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, it's been a pleasure, 2023 has been fun, this is the 10th episode, so we're still in season two, we've got more to come, but it's been, it's been awesome, thank you for listening, thank you for all the support, and better days are coming, that's all I can say. But I look forward to bringing more content to you, more entertainment therapy. And again, I'm not a real captain, but someday I will be. So thank you for listening. This is Captain Cambino's Cabana. I'm going to top it off with um, a little soundtrack here from the movie Airplane. And uh, I want to um, end it with a quote from Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld. And this is from the episode The Little Kicks where she does the dances. (laughs) Here's to those who wish us well, and those who don't can go to hell. (laughs) You've been listening to Captain Cambino's Cabana. God bless America. Thank you for all the support. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Let's kick ass and bring on 2024. God bless you all. Thank you. Never give up. Hope for the future. Permission to come aboard. (laughs) 